praise the Lord, everyone. Uh, we'll just say a word of prayer before we begin. Thank you, Lord, for this day, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this new day that you have awakened us, Lord, to see, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy that was with us throughout the night, Lord, and for your grace that has allowed us to see another morning like this, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being with us, Lord, for giving us a very blessed service yesterday, Lord. I pray that you continue to speak to us, Lord, throughout the week, Lord. I pray that your word will sink into our hearts, Lord, as we take a few moments, Lord, to hear what you have for us this day, Lord. Help us to correctly remember and apply everything we are hearing, Lord, and receiving from you, Lord, so that we can truly bear fruit, Lord, as you want us to bear fruit, Lord, to be among the crowd, the crop that bears hundredfold fruit, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be doers of your word, not a hearer only, Lord. Help us to bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray that you speak to us, Lord. Speak, Lord, through your word, Lord. Help us to have ears that hear, Lord, and hearts that understand, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the words you've given, Lord. I pray that you help us, Lord, to receive everything you have for us this day, Lord, and to be able to apply everything as you want us to apply. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Praise God. We're going to turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. And we'll read from verse 1 onwards. So Luke chapter 6 verse 1. Now it happened on the second Sabbath after the first that he went through the grain fields. Now this is Jesus. He went through the grain fields. And his disciples plucked the heads of grain and ate them, rubbing them in their hands. And some of the Pharisees said to them, Why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? But Jesus answering them said, Have you not even read this? what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he went into the house of God, took and ate the showbread, and also gave some to those with him, which was not lawful for any but the priest to eat. And he said to them, The Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. We know, we know what this passage means um, on face value. We know this is Jesus um, bringing a parallel between the what his disciples are doing and what 
David and his men did, the Old Testament. So we're not going to go into that. But we are going to look at a few things God um, wants for us to look at. Um, Sabbath. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. We know that. And we know that Jesus says that what the disciples did, what David did, did not break the Sabbath. Why is that? If we turn to Exodus 20, we get a hint of why they did not break the Sabbath. So, we're just going to briefly look at the fourth commandment that God gave to Moses. Exodus 20. Verse 8 onwards. The fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But on the seventh day, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor the cattle, nor thy stranger that is within the gate. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and hallowed it. <coughs> so, this is the commandment regarding Sabbath. We know God has told us to set one day aside to worship God. One day to cease from doing work. What kind of work is God asking us to cease from doing one day of the whole week? Look at verse 9, Exodus 20, verse 9. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. So, six days God has given to us to do our work. What is our work? Our work here in this life usually involves providing for our family, caring for our loved ones, sustaining ourselves financially, everything that pertains to this life, how we live it, what we do to live the life we can live in this world. 
which is not a bad thing. But when it comes to doing our own work, because it's a human thing, it pertains to this world, there's that possibility that we, as humans, can get burned out because this is work pertaining to this world. So God is saying here to take rest and not work continuously non-stop. At least one day you should give your body rest. But on the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do thou shalt not do any work. So God says one day out of the week we know um, the New Testament our Sabbath is not restricted to a specific day of the week though we choose to worship on Sunday in the United States and most of the world because that is the day in which Jesus arose from the dead. But regardless of what day of the week your Sabbath happens to be, God says, rest from the work that you are doing for this world, this life. So we don't get burned out. We take rest from our work one day in the week. At least one day, God says. So what do we do with that one day then? God says, in verse, um, verse 10 onwards, that we are to worship God. We rest on the Sabbath from our own work and we worship God. We know what happens when we worship God. When we worship God, God strengthens us. He quickens our spirit. He provides us with the strength that we need to continue this life, to continue doing what He wants us to do in this life. He gives us that ability to refresh ourselves with His presence, to be able to strengthen ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and so on and so forth. So, the Sabbath day is not simply a day when we just take off from doing our own work. The Sabbath day is a day in which we refresh ourselves. The Sabbath day is a day in which we refresh ourselves by not only taking a break from the work of this life that pertains to this life, but by spending time in God's presence so that our spirit is renewed so that we can continue living this life as God 
wants us to live. So now we know what the fourth commandment is, specifically. Most people know it means you set aside one day to worship God. But when you look at it, the fourth commandment, specifically verse 9, the six days you shall labor and do all your work. Six days God has given for us to do our work. One day, he says, to take a break from our work. So we know. Sabbath day, Sunday, Friday, Saturday, whichever Sabbath happens to fall on, that is not the day when we go about doing our own business, trying to make a profit here and there when it's not necessary to survive, trying to do something to satisfy our human interests and curiosity. Sabbath day is a day we give to the Lord because He created all days of the week. He created us. He created the universe. He just asked one day from us. One day from us because He wants to give us something more. Six days He has given for us to do our work, whatever work pertains to this life and this world. One day, God says, at least one day, take a break from all of that and come to me. Put aside all your work and come to me. Let me refresh you. Let me renew you. Let me strengthen you. So with that knowledge in mind that the Sabbath day is not just a day when we rest and worship God. It's a day when we put aside our own work, whatever work pertains to our life so that we can really spend time with God and really honor the Sabbath as being wholly separate unto God. And we know, of course, throughout Scripture, no commandment God has ever given prioritizes following the letter over preserving human life that is innocent. So every provision, every commandment God gives, there's always that provision. If you have to do something for the sake of preserving an innocent life, that takes priority. This is where the Pharisees often fail to distinguish. They prioritize ceremonial aspects of the law and did not care for the souls of the people. So now when we go back to Luke chapter 6, with that knowledge in mind that the Sabbath day is a day for us to rest from doing our work. And we know that scripture 
God's commandments always has provision for those who need to do something for the sake of preserving the life of an innocent person. With these two things in mind, it's human life, innocent human life, is valued above everything else. And that the Sabbath is a day when we rest from doing our work for our own pleasure and benefit. Now when we look at Luke chapter 6, the Pharisees who know the law, they see the disciples of Jesus taking grains from a field, plucking the heads of the grain, eating them, rubbing them in their hands to remove whatever um, skin and whatever is on the grain that is not fit for human consumption. So the Pharisees, knowing the laws of Moses, they come to Jesus and say, what are you doing? Why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? So now Jesus explains to them how David, he also presumably broke the law by eating the shewbread. When you look at it, there's a very specific reason why Jesus brings up David and not any other character in the Bible. A very specific reason why he brings up David and his men while they were on the run from Saul. Number one, and I think everybody knows this, David and his men were innocent they were holy people. They followed God. And they were being falsely charged and wanted dead by the king of Israel. That makes them innocent. Therefore, their life must be preserved. And then God gives them that provision. He provides them with the bread of the priests. Because they're not only innocent, they're not only holy, but another thing, they are not doing their own work. They, as holy, innocent people are following God. They're not simply taking the showbread just because they want to try it. Number one, they needed it because they had somewhere to go after that and they didn't have anything else to take with them. Number two, number two, they They were, number one, they needed to preserve their own life because they were innocent. 
number two, they needed that strength to go forward, to not only preserve their life, but to for the, not only preserve their life for the sake of preserving it because of their innocence, but also enable them to do, to fulfill what God wants them to do. We know David, he's innocent. The men with him at the time were innocent. They were all ceremonially and uh, physically pure. They knew how to keep themselves. They were men of character. So all these things qualified them for taking part in the bread that was not lawful for any but the priest to eat. Now when we look at how Jesus compares this to his disciples, what, are, what is the reason why his disciples are picking the grains on the Sabbath? Number one, they need something to eat because they're traveling a lot. They're going from one place to another. And they're innocent. They didn't do anything wrong. They're innocent. So their life, according to the heart of God's law, must be preserved. Number two is they are following Jesus. They're not picking these grains and doing their own work with it. What David did and what his men did, what you disciples did, they were not doing it to please themselves. They were not doing it simply to satisfy their own desires or curiosity. David and his men didn't simply take the bread just because they wanted it. And similarly, the disciples didn't pick the grains, the field, hoping to stock up a good supply and sell it for some money. They took it because they needed it. They needed it to survive. That's the primary reason, or the first reason, I should say. That alone makes it not wrong. But another thing is there also that far outweighs their own innocence, the sense that they were not, they did not do anything wrong prior to supposedly breaking this commandment of God. In addition to maintaining their innocence, maintaining their holiness and purity, what were the disciples of Jesus doing? As a disciple, they were following Jesus. Everywhere Jesus went, everywhere he called them to go, they went with him. Whatever he told them to do, they did that. Whatever task he gave them, they accomplished it. 
wherever he told them to go, they went there and did his work. Whatever he told them to say, they said it. This is known as not doing our own work, but God's work. The Sabbath day is a day when we rest from doing our own work, the work that pertains to this life and this life alone. When you look at how it's worded in the Ten Commandments, we see very clearly what kind of work God wants us to rest from primarily. And we see here in Luke chapter 6, what the disciples were doing was not their own work. In addition to them being innocent, in uh, keeping themselves morally pure, and they, and hence they were innocent and deemed worthy of preserving their life above following the exact letter of the law at that given moment, because human life comes before all else, innocent human life. On top of that, they're not simply doing it to survive. They're doing it because they are not doing their own work, but God's work. Wherever Jesus went, they went. If they're going to travel a lot, like Jesus was, they need something to sustain themselves. They need that physical strength that comes through food at this point. If they didn't take this, they would not be able to continue the work of God. Because a person who is involved in the work of God should never stop doing what God has called him to do. The work of God is something that should never cease in our lives. Our work is something that can burn us out, something that can exhaust us, something that if we do non-stop, continuously, can even kill us. Because our human body in this world, at least in this fallen world, is not made to last in eternity due to sin. So God says, to preserve your life, to preserve the body, the temple that I have given you, rest from your own work. This work that you do in this life so that you can preserve your body, so that you can live longer and not burn out and die prematurely. Our work is something that can cause us to burn out. God's work, on the other hand, does not cause us to burn out, but results in us not only strengthening ourselves, but also strengthening others. The disciples, they need these grains to sustain themselves for the next part of their mission because they're going with Jesus to give his word 
they're going to support Jesus' ministry, whatever Jesus does, miracles and things he does. They're there to assist him with whatever he needs. And they're there to spread out his mission field and do the same miracles that Jesus did. How are they going to do that if they don't take care of their body? This is ultimately what Jesus means by the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. The disciples here, they're not doing their own work. They're not picking the grain to, to satisfy their own curiosity or to make money off of it. They're doing this because they need to survive and they need to be able to continue following Jesus, who is the Lord of the Sabbath. God created the Sabbath for man and not the man for the Sabbath, as Jesus says. So now, we're going to continue from verse uh, 6 onwards, Luke chapter 6, verse 6. Now it happened on another Sabbath also that he entered the synagogue and taught. And a man was there whose right hand was withered. So the scribes and Pharisees watched him closely whether he would heal on the Sabbath that they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man who had the withered hand, Arise and stand here. And he arose and stood then Jesus said to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy? And when he had looked around at them all, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. But they were filled with rage and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. So now, this is another Sabbath. The Pharisees are coming to accuse Jesus. They see Jesus. They know Jesus has the power to heal. They know Jesus' ministry at this point. They know what Jesus is capable of and what Jesus will do. So, it's kind of interesting to see the Pharisees themselves had faith that Jesus would heal. It was just a matter of whether he would do it on the Sabbath or not. And when you really examine what these people were doing and contrast that with Jesus, Jesus asked them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy? What are the Pharisees doing here? It's written plainly. They want to kill him. What they're doing here is simply maintaining an external appearance of holiness. Really what they're doing, what they're doing, 
if anyone is breaking the Sabbath at this point, it's the Pharisees. Because this work that they're doing, following Jesus around, stalking him, watching him to see if they can find some fault in him, this is not the work of God. This is a work that they have assigned to themselves. A work that is of their own nature. A work that is even inspired by Satan. What business do they have going around breaking the Sabbath law trying to find fault with Jesus? You can just think about that. These Pharisees They go around looking to accuse Jesus, hoping to somehow find reason to kill him. What they are doing is not the work of God. What Jesus is doing is the work of God. Jesus and his disciples, whatever they did, it was not to satisfy themselves. They were doing what God called them to do. They were doing the work of God, which not only sustains them, but also benefits others. The Pharisees, on the other hand, are doing their own work, which in many cases not only drains them physically, but also results in evil. Two things that are going directly against the fourth commandment God gave through Moses. So, seeing these two um, kinds of people contrasted, holy people like David innocent people like David, holy people, innocent people like Jesus, like his disciples, like the men who were with David, who were going around, not doing their own work, but simply preserving their own innocent life so that they can do the work of God, so that they can continue God's work them doing God's work is coming out of them spending time with God. Doing God's work does not stop. It should never stop in our lives, but it should continue. So now, we get to the kind of work that they're doing versus the kind of work that the Pharisees are doing. We know the Pharisees are looking to kill Jesus. And we know Jesus is looking to heal people. The kind of work that Jesus is doing 
is life changing. It's bringing life wherever he goes to whomever he meets with a sincere heart. Whoever has a sincere heart, they're the ones who get healed. They're the ones who receive what Jesus has for them. Just as David and his people were following the leading of God in in going from place to place so that they can in God's timing establish the throne of David to fulfill God's word, God's prophecy that he gave to David through Samuel the prophet and just like they needed to preserve their innocent life to see that prophecy come to pass the disciples here and Jesus are going around doing God's work and sustaining themselves by whatever means necessary so that they can continue doing God's work what is God's work we know our own work pertains to this life this life meaning our sustaining our self financially and even uh, setting some things up to enjoy ourselves on the side. That is our work. We know what that is. What is doing God's work? We know God's work should never stop, even on the Sabbath. Jesus and his disciples, you can see they were not sitting still, as it were. They were always moving from one place to the other doing God's work and what was that work that they were doing they were giving life wherever they went if Jesus went somewhere Jesus would heal people who would come to him and Jesus would proclaim liberty set the captives free recover your sight to the blind the work that God has called his disciples to do is to simply go around and tell people Jesus is here and Jesus can help you that's basically what the disciples were doing if you really put it in simple terms we see Jesus he, stretched, he, uh, he heals this person with the withered hand. This is one of his miracles that he does. The disciples' job is to simply tell others, Jesus is here and Jesus can help you. Jesus is here. Depending on your... your... Um, walk with God how close you are with God that can have a slightly different meaning but overall 
the message is the same. If you have the anointing to heal, you saying Jesus here means Jesus is right here and he can set you free. That's what the disciples did when Jesus sent them out. Other times, however, Jesus is here means pointing them to Jesus. Showing people where Jesus is. If Jesus is in this city, this town, or Jesus coming, the disciples would sometimes go ahead and alert people to Jesus coming or Jesus' presence in that city. Jesus is here. Jesus can help you. That is the work that God has for us to do. Regardless of our perceived standing as far as our personal walk with God is. First of all, we need to be innocent. We need to be holy. We need to take care of our body so that we can continue the work of God. And then we actually do God's work. If we have the anointing, we say Jesus is here. We can bring Jesus to where the people are. But if we're not at that level yet, then you tell them Jesus is here. He can help you. And you take them to Jesus. Let people know that Jesus is here. Jesus can help you. When you see Jesus, every miracle he does, whether it be turning water into wine, raising the dead, healing this man's withered hand, or even bringing fish from a supposedly dead sea, and even healing the paralyzed man, as we heard in yesterday's message. Every miracle that Jesus does, he's giving life to that person who receives that miracle. A person who is paralyzed. Once the paralysis is gone, it's a completely new life for them. They're able to do things they could never have dreamed of doing before. A person who is blind receives their sight. It's a completely different life for them. They're able to see. They're able to do things that they were never able to do before. A person with a withered hand. His hand is restored as the other hand. It's a new life for him because now he has two hands that he can use. When Jesus heals us, he heals us with the faith that our healing, the same life 
that same new life that Jesus has given to us freely, that new life which we have freely received, he has that faith and expectation that we would freely give that new life to others. The life that Jesus gives to us, new life, in our spiritual life, our salvation, any healing that God has given to us, anything that God has done, any miracle, any breakthrough that God has given that changes our life, it's a new life for us. God expects us to live that life, to use that life, that same opportunity of new life that He's given to us, to provide others with that same opportunity. Jesus says, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy? Jesus heals people. He gives them new life with the expectation that they will also be givers of life. They will also carry his life-changing power with them everywhere they go. Whatever, whatever you are doing, always remember, the work of God should not cease at any time in your life. Because that work of God, which comes out of us spending time with God, is what sustains us. First we receive what God wants to give to us by spending time with God in His presence. That's where we receive our source of life. We receive the strength from His presence. Out of that, we go and we give to those who are in need. That same life that Jesus has given to us, that new life through salvation or physical healing, God expects us to use that to save life. We know the Pharisees, they were looking to kill Jesus, so they were doing evil, they were doing their own work, they were not following God, and so they were breaking the Sabbath. Jesus and the disciples, they are doing God's work. They're not doing their own work. They're following God. They're preparing places for Jesus' arrival. And they're telling people, Jesus is here. Jesus can help you. Jesus is here in me through the anointing that God has given to me, we will say Jesus is here. Jesus can help you. If we're not at that level yet, and we know a place where Jesus, Jesus' power is operating through the Holy Spirit, where someone has that anointing of God operating in their lives, the least we can do is tell others where 
we received that same life that Jesus has given us. Jesus is here. Jesus can help you. If I cannot bring Jesus to you, let me bring you to Jesus. That's what we should be doing as disciples of God. And that is something that should never stop any day of the week. So after being strengthened, as Jesus told Peter, we go strengthen others. First we receive the strength we need to do God's work. That primarily comes through us spending time with God. Second, we do everything we can to preserve and uh, extend the life that God has given to us so that we can do more for God. Doing those two things consistently will allow us to be fit for God's use so that God can use us in mighty ways to point people to Jesus, to bring life where there is death. We know from reading the Gospels and even Acts as we read yesterday, the disciples, they not only were able to uh, point people to Jesus but they were able to bring Jesus where they went that is something we should strive for actually so but at the same time that is not something that we should prevent us that we should let um, the devil use to prevent us from bringing people to Jesus if we cannot bring Jesus to the people, at the very least, try to bring the people to Jesus. And the only way to do that effectively is to spend time in God's presence. So, praise God. Sabbath day is a day on which we rest from our work. Our work is something that can burn us out. God's work is something that not only revives us, but also gives life to others. We give life to others because Jesus gave his life for us. If we don't give that life to others, we are... If we're not giving life to others as Jesus has given us the ability to do so we only let people die spiritually God does not want that to happen God wants God's desire is that everyone no person should perish we know there will always be people who don't listen but let that never be because we did not do God's will. That we didn't that we refrained from doing God's work at any 
given moment of life. Our life should always point to Jesus. We should always be ready to give that life wherever we go. To point people to Jesus. To tell people Jesus is here. Jesus can help you. If we don't do that, people will end up dying. And it won't be good when God asks us why. We let that happen when we could have told him, Jesus here, Jesus can help you. So, if you take away one thing from today's message, let be this. Our work our human work can burn us out. God's work revives us. Revives us not just to revive ourselves, but also revive others. Give, giving life to those who are spiritually dead. And even giving people a new life in this world for those who are dead in any part of their life, whether that be physical illness, mental issues, or any other related things, or any other situation. God's work should never stop. We should never cease from doing God's work. With that being said, we must always make sure that we spend time with God. Because only when we spend time with God will we receive that strength we need to continue to do what God wants us to do and to do it the way God wants us to do. And as we continue to spend time with God, God will, God will see your faithfulness and your desire to seek Him and He will, in time, enable you to not only point people to Jesus but also bring Jesus wherever you go. So, praise God. Thank you, Lord, for this day, Lord. Thank you for today's meeting, this morning call message that you have given, Lord. I pray that you help us, Lord, to remember everything that you have spoken to us, Lord. How you value human life, Lord, innocent human life, Lord. And how you also desire that we who have been given a new life, Lord, become givers of that same life, Lord. I pray that you help us, Lord, to continue to draw closer to you, Lord, and to never let the work pertaining to this world prevent us from spending time with you, Lord, and to always make sure that 
at the very least we give you one day, Lord, in which we cease from doing our own work so that we can not only spend time with you, Lord, but also receive all that you have given to us so that we can do the work that you give to us, Lord. I pray that you help us, Lord, to Help us, Lord, to remember, Lord, you want us to do good, Lord. You want us to do good everywhere we go, Lord. You want us to show people, Lord, who you are, what you can do for them, Lord. I pray that you help us, Lord, to live as A living testimony, Lord, of your changing power, Lord, and to not just live as a living testimony in a single spot, Lord, but to continue that testimony that you have given to us, Lord, so that we can help others receive that life that you have for them, Lord. I pray that you help us, Lord, to never get caught up with the busyness of this life, but to always make sure that we set aside some time to spend with you, Lord, knowing that you will not only strengthen and refresh us to continue doing the work we need to do in this world, but also give us the ability to do the work that you have called us to do, Lord, that you will sustain us, Lord, you will give us the grace, Lord, the power and the anointing to Tell people, Jesus is here. Jesus can help you. To point people to Jesus, Lord, and in your timing, bring Jesus to the people. I pray that you make each and every single one of us, Lord, to truly follow you, Lord, as a disciple, Lord. Help us, Lord, to always be about the Father's business, Lord, as you were, Lord. I pray that you help us, Lord. Help us to always look forward to doing good, Lord, and fulfilling the great commission you have given to us, Lord. I pray that you help us, Lord, to keep ourselves pure and holy, Lord, and innocent before you, Lord, so that we can qualify, Lord, to continue in this great commission that you have given to us, Lord. And help us, Lord, to always have compassion, Lord, to never let the enemy deceive us, Lord, into prioritizing things above the preservation of innocent human life, Lord and prioritize other things above pointing people who are sitting in darkness to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for this day, Lord. I pray that you help us to retain everything you have given to us, Lord, this day, and help us to apply everything that you've given us, Lord. Help us to spend more time in your presence, Lord, especially 
as you've commanded us, Lord. At least one day we give to you, Lord. One day you said to give to you and us spending time with you refreshes us for the remainder of the week. How much more if we spend more than just one day in your presence, Lord. I pray that you help us, Lord, to draw closer to you, Lord, so that we can fulfill the plan and purpose that you have for our lives, Lord, in bringing people to Jesus, Lord, bringing, showing people where they can get that new life that you have given to us, Lord. That new life that you have given to us, Lord, through our salvation, the salvation of our souls, by your blood, the healing of our physical ailments by your blood, the restoration of our finances, our marriages, our relationships by your blood, by your blood, Lord. I pray that you help us, Lord, <clears throat> to never cease from doing the work that you have called us to do, Lord. But to always be ready when you tell us to go, Lord, to go. And to always remember to take care of our bodies, Lord. And to be sure to work towards preserving every part of us, Lord, that you've given to us, Lord. So that we can serve you, Lord, for as long as you will us to serve this life, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this day, Lord. I pray that you will be with every single person, Lord, who is here in this morning call, Lord. I pray that you bless us all, Lord, protect us, Lord, prosper us, Lord, in everything we're going to do this day, Lord, and keep us, Lord. Keep us in the center of your will from now on and forevermore, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this day. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen.